Wednesday the 19th of April. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Dan McHugh and I'm joined by Shane Lee. How you doing, mate? I'm okay. I'm okay, Dan. Um, bit of sad news to say with a, a good mate and um, former first grade weird keeper Cameron Guthrie um, passed away overnight, mate. So sad news. He had, a, had his battles with alcohol. Um, we haven't got any details yet, but um, yeah, really sad news. Only 53 and Cam had this sort of unique, um, I suppose, record. I already kept to two of the fastest bowls of all time in my brother Brett Lee and Shoab Akhtar in the one game for Mossman. And um, yeah, very, very sad news, mate. It's, um, it's a sad end and he's got a couple of boys who are only eight years old, mate. So um, sad news and so condolences to the family. Yeah, sorry to hear that, mate. Yeah. Well, today on the show, we'll be diving deep into the world of sport, running, basketball, NRL, AFL, boxing and more. Hey Muppets, this is Stewie McGill here. As much as I don't want you to, please listen to Fire Up. They told me that I was coming on with Chris Gale, the most attractive cricket player in the cosmos. Unfortunately, it was the other Chris Gale and Stevie F here. Uh, Very sorry about that, but I promise you, if you want to know anything about Rugby League, at Fire Up Rugby League. Find Fire Up on any podcast app. So having a look at the basketball, Shane, Josh Giddy's season is over with his Oklahoma City Thunder demolished by Minnesota Timberwolves 120 to 95. Yeah, they were flogged. Um, he probably had his, we played his first ever playoff uh, match the game before and almost had a triple double. <laughs> Unbelievable, uh, you know, scoring points, uh, assists and, and rebounds. And then unfortunately for Josh, he's probably had his worst game in, in a couple of years. And um, yep, he's out of it now. The good news is for um, Basketball Australia is that he wants to play and is committed already to the 2023 FIBA Basketball World Cup, um, which is great. It's always been a dream of his to play for the Boomers and hopefully play in an Olympics team one day. So it's good to see someone who's doing so well over there in, in the big time in, in the States is prepared to come back. And wear the green and gold. Yeah, and it looks like the green and gold should actually do pretty well this year. Um, mm. If we get all of our big dogs in there, if he's playing alongside Mills, mm. Inglis, uh, Jock Landale, Josh Green, Nick Kay, Dyson Daniels, we, we should look pretty good, don't you think? Oh, we should do, yeah. Like, we've got to be right up there. You'd think uh, top four at least. Um, yeah, and it's really good. And there was a period there when um, we didn't have many Australians playing in the NBA, but even when they did, they didn't want to come back and play. Well, they weren't released from their contracts, but it seems to be a real trend now, thanks to Paddy Mills and their success at the last Olympics. So, um, yeah, good on you, Josh Giddy, and go the Boomers. Yeah, we do seem to be punching above our weight mm. as uh, Aussies in sport, but maybe not in marathon running. <laughs> not a strong suit, is it? <laughs> Having a look at the Boston Marathon, uh, people are questioning whether world champion Eliud Kipoje's reign has come to an end after he placed sixth in the Boston Marathon. Well, this guy, and you pronounce his name beautifully, Kipoje, he's, um, he is uh, regarded as the, probably the greatest marathon runner of all time. He hadn't run in the Boston Marathon. Uh, It was his first crack, and they just expected him to be hands-down favourite. He's won the London Marathon, the Berlin, the Tokyo, and Chicago, and everyone thought he'd just add this to his trophy cabinet. But uh, he really struggled. He was challenged around the 30-kilometre mark by fellow Kenyan Evan Shabet, and um, and, and Shabet went on to win, uh, making it back-to-back Boston Marathons for him. But, um, yes, uh, the great man, he, he is human. Old mate Kapodje is 38 years old, so it's not <laughs> like he's, you know, at the peak of his career. He's probably on the way down the hill. Um, and also, just just a note there, 
the first six people to finish in the men's were all African, so pretty yeah. much Kenyan, Tanzanian, Moroccan, uh, and including Kapoje himself. But something I wanted to take note of is mm. whether it was worth because there seem to be all these internationals running in the Boston Marathon. There's got to be some cash there, right? Sure. So first place takes out 150 grand. Ooh. In at sixth, Kapoje would have taken 13,500 bucks. And this is American, so it would have paid for his trip over there, right? Yeah, he probably, I already probably stopped off at one of those beautiful steakhouses in Boston on the way, do you reckon? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> he, yes, probably, please. he probably dusted that on a bowl of red over there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's a legend. Um, so we actually had an, an Aussie finish second in the wheelchair category. Mm. She won $15,000, Madison de Rosario, um, which is girl. an awesome effort, hey? Yeah. Traveling all the way over there to Boston. Um, even though we didn't have heaps of Aussies in that finishing group where we normally do with mm-hmm. sports, um, running is actually a big deal in Australia. And the thing is, people seem to be running ultra marathons. And there's at least three ultra marathon events starting this weekend yeah, uh, in Australia alone. Yeah, there's, there's almost 100 over, uh, over the course of the year in Australia. Um, and it's, Dan, just to. You'll have this little stat. It's 42.195 kilometres. That's the distance for, for a marathon. So anything greater than that um, is regarded as an ultra marathon. But uh, you're dead right, mate. You've got the Alpine Challenge down in Falls Creek. Then they go up to the Gold Coast, run around there, over to the Margaret River. Yep, it's, it's a lot of running. And um, we have a lot of space in Australia, don't we? So it's, it probably lends itself to uh, long distance. Yeah, the Alpine Challenge is 100 kilometres. Would you be up for that, Chino? <laughs> Absolutely not, mate. Not even on skis. <laughs> Downhill. <laughs> hey, um, on your um, Lunch with Lee podcast a while back, we had Colin Keating on, and he was um, uh, starting up with the idea of working in medicine and, mm. and psychedelics and helping people with mental health um, using you know smaller doses of mm-hmm. things like... Um, psilocybin mushrooms and LSD and mostly the context of this being used is for depression and PTSD. Yep. But there's actually a bit of a trend and it started a few years back where ultra marathon runners are using psychedelics to help them go the distance. Uh, Runners like Michael Veerstag are using mushrooms or LSD to do these big runs like the 250 mile Cocodona 250 held in Arizona, USA. Have you heard any of that about any of that? I haven't, mate. I've never had mushrooms personally myself. I don't know about you, Dan, but um, I don't know what happened. You, what you take it and you go, "Fuck it, I'm going for a run. I'm not going to. I'm not going to stop." <laughs> Is that what happened? Because there was a funny bit of um, uh, a guy in a 1970 a guy called Doc Ellis in baseball said he used it, and he um, he actually pitched a no hit, a no 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 hitter um, for the whole innings. Oh wow! But, yeah, but I'm not quite sure whether the other team was even there. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the, 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 I don't think there have actually been any studies um, into the use of psychedelics in mm. sports, but there are, you know, there's been a whole bunch of parallel research into yeah. the effects on the mind, etc. And the theory is that endurance athletes are actually often stymied by their own will mm. or their yep. own brain's yes. perception of fatigue rather than actual fatigue. And so, with the psychedelic drugs, serotonin is linked so it messes with your serotonin sure which is linked to reduced fatigue so it um it basically 
has an effect where it it allows them to keep going so they can believe that they can keep going. And not quit, yeah, not quit. It makes sense and we always had that when we train, not with psychedelics, but when you train, you it's often funny how you can push yourself that little bit extra you think, I need to stop, need to stop. And when you actually push yourself, you go, geez, I couldn't yeah, do yeah, more. Yeah. And sometimes and, you um, even have a bigger rush yeah. of energy there, right, at that moment. Yeah, bring it on, I say. Sounds good. I'm not going to start running marathons, but... <laughs> you just need some <laughs> I'll rushes, crack. Um, <laughs> I'll crack. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. But in a moment, we'll be talking AFL, NRL, boxing and more. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters, build fast sports multis, and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. So having a look at the NRL, Angus Crichton returns to the Roosters, Shana. He does, and uh, what a what a match to make his comeback and returns for the Anzac Day Challenge against my Dragons. Um, Roosters have changed. They've flicked uh, Walker, um, and they've moved Manu into to 5'8", which I think is a fantastic move. So he'll be alongside uh, Luke Curie now at 7. So then you've got Tedesco. That's a really, really good balanced side, I think, and... Um, yeah, I think Walker's been really Sam Walker's really under, underperformed the last couple of years. So uh, it's a it's a brave move. They pay him a lot, um, but I think it's a good move having Manu at five eight. Now your team, the Dragons, have bungled their mm. um, their players lists and had a, a completely different side run out to what they'd made. Surely this is the last nail in Griffin's coffin. Like you, you write down the team list, and then an hour later, a different team runs out. It just shows. They're all over the shop, aren't they? Um, I tell you what, I, I, I was thinking that Jason Riles, who played for the Dragons and is assistant coach at the Roosters, would take his position. But I reckon now, I think Brad Thorne, I don't know if you saw that, Brad Thorne uh, has just stood down from the Queensland Reds in rugby. And his, his um, coaching record is as good as Bellamy's and Wayne right. Bennett from, from a win, win-loss ratio. Um so come on, get him to the Dragons. I reckon he'd be a huge asset. All oh, right. So Union's trying to poach NRL mm. players. NRL might pinch some Union coaches. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I hope so. That is pretty interesting, mm. actually. Yeah. yeah, cool. Well, hopefully your Dragons will pick up. Let's move on to the <laughs> AFL. Collingwood's American giant Mason Cox. This is actually a horrible story. He's out of the traditional Anzac Day clash after doctors really buggered up diagnosing his injury. Oh, look, the... Roosters versus Dragons and Anzac Day Challenge is a favourite of mine, but I tell you what, I love the Collingwood Essendon. This is it'll be three twenty p.m. on Tuesday um, when the balls first bounced, and every player wants to play in this, including Mason Cox. And yeah, yep. it was just a bump. He thought he had a broken rib. It turned out the big Texan had a lacerated um, a spleen. spleen. Yeah, so an internal bleed, like two to three layers of blood in his system. You'd hope a bit of that go. Would go to your cock, wouldn't you? But I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad he's all right. Just throw a couple of liters down there. With a ruptured spleen, I don't reckon you'd be all that aroused, but no. all right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of aroused, how's mm. Gary Ablett Sr.'s moustache, mate? Oh, um, mate. What a cookie duster that is. Um, it, no, it looks like a, a 15-year-old bum fluff moustache. It's a bit weird. 
Um, he's launched legal action against the AFL and two of his former clubs, Hawthorne Geelong, over concussions he suffered during his career. This is sad, isn't it? Like Gary Ablett's had his issues in the past with the law and um, I think battle with alcohol and drugs. Um, mm. And he is a legend of the game. Uh, yeah, he and sure it's really, is. really sad that he's the one they're using as the, the lead in this sort of um, uh, case. Uh, so, yeah, he's saying there was no duty of care in his time. So he's suing the AFL, Hawthorne and Geelong. And he said it's due to a scan he had uh, last year which shows that he has brain damage. So... Yep, here we go, mate. Here we go. Gloves are off. Yeah, I, I remember as a kid, Gary Ablett was the biggest deal in, in AFL. Yeah. I mean, we used to uh, go to the footy quite a bit because my dad was from Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, I just remember he was he was the best in the game. He, he was, so mate. it's very sad, very sad. Yeah, it's very sad. Actually, the first ever game of AFL I watched live was at um, Football Park in Adelaide when I was at the Creed Academy. And I watched the Crows play Geelong where Gary Ablett Sr. played. And we sat behind the post. I was with Brad Hodge and Ian Harvey, both Victorians. And they said, watch this guy. And he kicked six goals that day. He was just so strong. Stayed in his feet. Fine opportunity. His timing was immaculate. And, um, yeah, superstar with that little bum fluff mo of his. <laughs> Having a look at the boxing, <laughs> did you see this? Uh, Javonta Davis and Ryan Garcia yeah. fighting at Las Vegas this weekend and apparently are betting the entire purse. Mate, these guys are crazy, aren't they? <laughs> oh, it's nuts. Yeah, $2.75 million. They said, oh, come on, I'll bet the whole lot on it. Because they both believe they can win. They're both confident. They're saying Davis is should be the favourite. He's knocked everyone out in his 28 fights. But Garcia is very, very confident, well, so it's all in here, Gar- all in Vegas. Garcia's also had 19 knockouts, so they, mm. I mean, it's let's just hope and it's an explosive fight um, because they are both pretty, pretty fucking good. So, yeah, um, someone will have concussion by the end of it. Yeah, but someone's going to be broke and depressed at the end of this game. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we spoke about this story yesterday. Um, Big Bang Jilei Zhang from China mm. uh, fight, wanting to fight Tyson Fury and saying that Tyson Fury's got a a, a, a glass jaw, a weak chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to talk about it again because they're so fucking massive, these blokes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. So Tyson Fury, it's funny. Like He's a class act. He's, he's won every fight he's ever um, had. Um, he's a true champion. He retired. He said, I'm prepared to walk away. Why would I go back and fight? I've got all the money in the world. I've got my health. Um, but he's going back. So someone will get him eventually. And will it be the Big Bang the Chinese man, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah, we will have to wait and see. The, the The reason why I find this story so interesting is because in Australia, we always think of Chinese be, people as being quite small. Mm. Yeah. But actually, the northern Chinese are, are huge. Yeah, they're really, really tall. Yeah. Um, Zhilei Zhang himself is, is nearly two metres. He's 120 kilos. Uh, but did you know at one point in time, uh, 2007, China actually, you know, because it's such a huge diverse mm-hmm. area, they actually had the tallest man in the world and the shortest they man did. in the world in the same country. Uh, the, the tallest being 236 centimetres. Yeah, uh, they eclipse, eclipse, I can't believe I remember this. The guy, the guy who held that title was a guy called Robert, Wick, uh, Robert Wicklow, I think. So, so no, you're talking about Robert, Robert Wadlow and he was the tallest that, that's ever. That's right. And that's he's correct, still yes. to this date the tallest ever because he was over eight foot, wow. 271 centimetres. But the Chinese bloke was Bao Zishun and he was 236 okay. centimetres. And at Jesus. that same time, there was a little bloke, 74 centimetres tall, called He Pingping. And he was apparently a little <laughs> yeah. chain smoker. 
so he's just this right. little bloke who smoked ciggies all day, uh, and he he actually only lasted till the age of twenty one. So well, you're that tall and you're smoking like yeah. a green yeah, log. I think he yeah. had a heart attack. If you if you head over to um, Beijing, you'll see there's actually heaps of heaps of really tall, big Chinese blokes. A lot of basketballers, yep, yeah, huge mate. That's good. Big bang. That's watching. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, Elite Bet, the only betting app you'll ever need. And we'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. You beauty. See you then, guys. Take care. Afternoon Sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com.